Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Happy weekend, Shoreline City. I am so incredibly excited about all God has in store for us this weekend. Can you guys do me a big favor and give another huge round of applause to all of our first-time guests that are at every location? White Rock, Bishop Ars, Antigua, incredibly excited about all that is on the horizon for all of us. Hey, we have a women's conference that is going to be happening on November the 9th, and you do not... 9th, right? Am I getting that date right? Yes. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I want to make sure every woman in our church is there at that conference, okay? So if you know a lady, if you are a lady, wherever your story may be, if you're connected with a woman at all, Get her to this conference. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Hey, again, my name is Earl. I have the honor to be the pastor here at Shoreline City, and we love what God is doing in this place. We keep on meeting new friends and new family every single weekend, and I'm trusting that uh, this weekend your heart, your life is going to be changed in ways you never even thought possible. For those of us who are with us for the first time and might be taken back uh, back a little bit by all the energy and the enthusiasm enthusiasm and the smiles and the kindness. Just so you know, when you come back next week, it'll be the same. Every week, we just keep trying to love people as well as we possibly can, trying to encourage people as well as we possibly can, and more than anything, keep trying to point them to Jesus Christ. So again, if you are a guest, we're glad to have you with us. You don't have to have everything together in order to be with us, uh, but you do just need to be available and willing and open. And since you're here, I'm trusting that God has great things in store for you. Now, for those of you who have been at Shoreline for a few weeks or even a few months or a few years, just a reminder, my job as your pastor is not to entertain you. My job as your pastor is to equip you. And those are two very, very different things. So at the end of the day, I am praying that your heart and your life is transformed by the person of Jesus Christ, that the word of God that we open uh, cuts you to the core and cuts me to the core to help us become who God is calling us to be. Hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open up with me to the book of Colossians, Colossians. We started this series last week. Last week we walked through verses, I think it was 1 through 7. I did not have the time to get through verse 8, so read it. (laughs) But right now I'm going to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Verse number 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. The title of this weekend's message is, Did You Check Your Spam? Did you check your spam? Have you ever uh, had a friend tell you they sent you something 
an email and you're looking and you're looking and you're looking and then they say, oh, did, you, did you check? Did you check your spam? And many times, many times I have found important emails in my spam. I don't know what it is on my MacBook. I don't know what it is with the filter. I don't know. I know my wife and for some reason it still sent her email to my spam. And then, you know, an IT person has to get in there and figure out what's going on here. And they do the stuff that IT people do and they make it all right. But there are some things that could be very, very important to you and I, and they are available. They're present. They were sent to you, but you and I actually never read it because it's in the wrong spot. And this prayer I want us to walk through this, uh, this weekend, this prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed so many years ago, it's been sent to every believer, uh, but I feel like for most of us, it's stuck in our spam. Something that we don't even know is there. He starts off and he says really, really plainly, for this reason, if you want to know the reason, you got to read verses 1 through 8. So you'll do that later this week. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We've heard about what God is doing in your heart. We've heard about what God is doing in your life. We've heard about the things that are trying to come against you as well. We've heard how the grace of God has captured you. We haven't stopped praying for you. we got to keep praying for you because sometimes people start a race well, but they don't finish a race well. So I got to keep praying for you. I got, I got to pray for you. It wasn't just good for, for us to cheer you on in the beginning. We also want to cheer you on all the way to the end. We don't want to just pray for you in the beginning. We want to pray for you all the way to the end. Because throughout the course of this Christian journey and us living our lives for Christ, we can find ourselves sometimes thinking things that we ought not think and even believing things that we should not believe this is going to be free. I think I stole it from Instagram, but don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. There's some things that come into your mind and my mind that honestly just flat out they're not true. And you and I can spend a lot of time mulling over things that just aren't true. You see, this church at Colossae, these followers of Christ, uh, they had some heretics, some false teachers that were making their way into this church, and they were distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were taking the gospel, and they were trying to add things to it. And the, the, the crazy thing is, they were using some Christian language, but they were, it meant non-Christian things. So when the Apostle Paul here is using words in verse number 9, like we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, these are all words that the heretics were using. They were using all of these words to try to tell the Christians they needed to get to some higher level of understanding or some higher level of knowledge. And Paul says, hey, they're using our words, but their words don't mean the same thing. I, I heard one theologian put it this way. The enemy knows how to use the Christian vocabulary, but he won't use the Christian dictionary. 
So some relationships you have, they'll say things that sound like they're talking about Jesus. But it's not the same Jesus. They'll say things, they'll say things that, that sound very spiritual. But it's not biblical. So the Apostle Paul here is taking the language back. He's saying, hey, hey, yeah, 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 yes, there's wisdom, and yes, there's knowledge, and yes, there's understanding, and yes, there's a spirit. But let me let you know that all these things are found in the person of Jesus Christ and the authority of who God is. And I'm not going to allow these heretics to steal the seed of the word and the gospel that I put on the inside of you. So he uses some interesting things here. Look at verse number nine. We'll see how much of this we get through. I got so much stuff here. Uh, get, get, get over, get over, get over. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It says, uh, uh, I, I've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to, to fill you. To fill you. I, 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 like, I like this word, uh, fill. Um, in the New Testament, the, the word fill um, would really mean controlled by. So when someone is filled with anger, it's meaning they're controlled by anger. When they're filled with rage, they're controlled by rage. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're controlled by the Spirit. This is what guides your decisions. This is what directs your course. To, to be filled with is to be controlled by. Some of us have some things in our lives that we are filled with right now. That, and you know that you're filled with them because they are controlling your life. They are the reason that you won't get in a relationship because you are filled with hurt. They're the reason you won't trust because you're filled with cynicism. They're the reason that you won't submit or surrender or help or serve because you're filled with all types of things that are contrary to what the Spirit is trying to do in your heart and in your life. So here the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And he's not just praying for them. He's praying for me. He's praying for you. I'm praying that you would be filled. I'm praying that you would be controlled by. I'm praying that God would do such a work in your heart that the lusts of our flesh would not be the thing that controls us. That the, our fears of the future would not be the thing that controls us. That our doubts and our insecurities would not be the thing that control us. How many of us are living cage lives right now because we're not filled with the right things? Oh, man, let me keep on going here. Fill with the knowledge of his will. Continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Fill with the knowledge of his will. Fill with the knowledge of whose will? His will. His will. Not my will. His will. You know uh, all of us will face crossroads at life, in life, right? Where you're going to have to determine, is it going to be your will or his will? 
And there's even plenty of people that I think are actually going to go to heaven because they have a genuine relationship with Jesus. But as they are walking on this earth, they just cannot surrender their will to the will of God. We've got to keep having things their own way. Our Savior even prayed this prayer, not my will. Your will be done. If there's any prayer that you want to mark your heart and your life, please. I love that we sing. I love that, you know, that we open up God's word. I love the smile and the joy of our house. I, I, I love that we're trying to serve the poor and reach into the least of these. I, I love that we go on mission trips. I, I love uh, sisterhood. I love Lyman. I love all the different things that we do. But please, at the end of the day, as you begin to peel all of this stuff back, we are not about lights or platform. We are not about cool and hip. We are about Jesus and we are about saying not my will, oh God, but your will be done. At the, at the end of the day, it is about his will being accomplished. It's about his way and his word. And this is what it is for my life. And this is what I want it to be for your life as well. I do not want your life and my life to be about our will. Temporary, friends. It's temporary. Okay? It's just, it's just fleeting. Just telling you, you can waste your whole life, all 97.4 years of your life. As a quick side note, Judy Brown, who uh, she and her husband were the first ones to jump on this church journey with us, her dad just celebrated 100 years of living on this earth. 100 years. And this man is just, he, he's an absolute rock star. If you ever meet him, he looks like a movie star as well. And probably I'll have to put on my Instagram at some point in time what his birthday celebration was like. It was a little bit inappropriate for the record. Just as a quick aside, there were probably 15 women that were dressed in all shiny red outfits with very short shorts on and I think the youngest one was 74 years old, shimmering around this man. Something went wrong. But I say all that to say that was definitely George's will, okay? He definitely wanted that to happen. But what is God's will for your life? There is a specific will, and there is a general will of God, okay? The general will of God is revealed in his word. This is for all believers. Forgive as I have forgiven you. It's not like, well, if they really hurt me, I don't have to forgive. You don't get that option. I don't like that one, but that's the reality, you got to forgive. Uh, love, serve, give. I go down the line. There's, there's all these, gen, the general will of God is revealed in his word. Now, for every believer, there also is the specific will of God. 
And sometimes you and I can be can live our lives in captivity because we're so afraid of, am I doing God's will? 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 Should I wear the brown shoes? Should I wear the black shoes? Am I doing God's will? Am I doing God's will? And I'm just telling you, please don't live like that, okay? Do I think he has a will for your shoes? I don't think so. But I, I, I think he actually leaves that one up to you. That, that's just my humble opinion here. Does he know what you're going to wear? Yes. So then does he then choose what you're going to wear because he knows what you're going to wear? Listen, we're not going to get into all that stuff right now. My, my point with all of it is, hey, should you marry this person? Should you take that job? The general will of God will inform his specific will on your life. And many of us are spending so much effort and energy trying to learn the specific will of God for our lives, but we have not even yet surrendered to the general will of God on our lives. So there are some basics I just want to encourage you to say, you know what, I'm just going to jump on that. And then allow God to reveal his word to you. Let me, let me keep on going here. Let me keep on going. We're, we're just walking through the Bible here, just walking through the Bible. Here, uh, chapter number one, verse number 10, it says here, uh, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. If, 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 if chapter, if verse number nine was about spiritual intelligence, spiritual intelligence, Verse number 10 would be about practical obedience. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. So you may live a life worthy of the Lord. The Apostle Paul is probably just thinking about the Son of God enter time and space, put skin on, and became our sacrifice. Knowing what Paul knows about all of Jewish history and how a lamb was slain and how Death and blood had to be shed in order for sins to be covered. And then God had the audacity to do that for us. And the Savior that walked on this earth, healing and redeeming and restoring and putting things back together. And then he got on an old rugged cross for you and for me. Then didn't allow death, hell and the grave to hold him, but got back up and then filled us with his spirit and then said, hey, I'm coming back for you as well. He's just thinking, oh my goodness, this grace is too wonderful. I don't want to cheapen it by living my life any way I want to live it. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you would live a life worthy of the Lord. Uh, my wife uh, takes such good care of me, guys. She, she really does. She's honestly the best wife on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, even this weekend, I got pancakes made for me. I mean, homemade. It was awesome. And I had some broccoli casserole dish with, like, cauliflower rice. Mmm. 
made for me. I even had my clothes laid out on the bed for me. These short pants, my wife picked them. I said, honey, are you sure? Yeah, you look good. Okay, okay, I'll go with it. She takes such great care of me. For her to take such good care of me, I would not be living a life worthy of her if I speak ill of her behind her back. If I don't thank her for what she does for me. If I don't bend to try to serve and encourage and lift her. Why? Because she's done so much for me. Am I doing this because I'm trying to earn her favor? No, I'm doing it because I've received so much favor. So I want to live a life worthy of this marriage that God has given us. Since Jesus has been so good to you and to me. Since he's impacted your life the way he has. Since he's forgiven you and cleansed you and purified you, even when you and I did not deserve it. Let us live a life worthy of the Lord. Does that mean a life worthy of the Lord means you never make mistakes? Oh, my Lord Jesus, no. (laughs) It definitely does not mean that at all. If that were the case, all of us are a lost cause, okay? There is no hope for any of us. And I want to encourage you with this. He's writing to Christians. He's praying this for Christians. He's praying it to individuals who have understood the grace of God. And these individuals are people that are already wanting to do the right thing. Here's the reality. If you're listening to a podcast or you're on YouTube or you're at any of our locations right now, you're at least leaning the right direction. There's at least something on the inside of you that is responding to the grace of God. He is drawing you and at least you are open to it even a little bit for you to be willing to sit in any of our spaces and say, God, I'll give you a try. God, I'll give you a chance. God, I'll even crack a door. And when you're willing to crack the door, the grace of God will flood through that door in ways you never thought possible and transform your life. That's what he did for me. Live a life worthy of the Lord. Oh, man. Please him in every way. You actually can put a smile on God's face. He's not mad at you. He's not against you. He's for you. Oh, no, no. I've cheated on my spouse. I've lied more times than I've told the truth. I've had an abortion. I paid for an abortion. I'm divorced. I've slept around. I mean, go down the line. You have reasons in your head right now that where you are disqualifying yourself from what I am saying. Just letting you know. Your sin doesn't trump the cross. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm sorry. You can't sin so much <laughs> that you exhaust the grace of God. You can't. So you can keep running if you want to. But his grace will keep on running still. Oh, man. Bearing fruit in every good work. 
growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit and growing. Bearing fruit and growing. Bearing fruit and growing. I, I, I like this here. I, I like this mix that, that the Apostle Paul prays for all of us. I, I, I like this. Because growing in the knowledge of God is something I, I think most of us want to do. Want to grow my knowledge of God. And we, we, we try to help that, provide that even in, in our church, even starting with growth track that we have. We're asking individuals when they want to jump on the journey, not just those who have given their hearts and lives to Christ, but those individuals are saying, hey, I want, I want this to be my church home. I want to jump on this journey, begin this process of growth. And then what we did as a church family is we put together then a whole nother track after growth track called leadership track, where we are trying to help and transform and change people so that they can grow in their knowledge of God. We actually did this. This is uh, maybe more information than you want to know, but we identified six rooms of a house. We identified the study or the library. We identified the kitchen. We identified the bedroom. We identified the living room. We identified the, uh, the uh, give me another one, the garage. We identified the, I got, I got a laundry room as well. We identified all these different rooms, and each of these rooms represent a room in our our house. The, the library is where we study. Our theology, our understanding of God, our kitchen is where we serve. This is where we lay down our lives for others. A living room is relational connection. All of that continuing to grow. The, the garage is the practical area of our life. What's going on with your money? What's going on with your body? What's going on with your thought life? Then you've got the bedroom. That's the intimacy. That's where you lay naked. That's where you really are yourself. This is where we want you growing spiritually in your relationship with God. Then we've got the laundry room where you got to deal with your character and deal with all the dirt that you and I have in our lives. We're trying to help you grow in your knowledge of God. That's on purpose. Now, he says, I want you growing in your knowledge of God. He says, I don't want you being ignorant. I don't want you being a baby Christian forever. I want you to mature. Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Some people say, well, God loves me exactly how I am. He sure does, and he also loves you too much to keep you that way. So we accept everyone exactly how you are. You don't have to clean yourself up in order to be a part of this family. Come on in. But if you want to stay the way you are, this is not the church for you. I'm telling you that right now. Full disclosure. We want you to be better. We want you to be the best version of yourself. We want you to be conformed to the image of Christ. Um, okay, let me, let me say this. Let me say this about the bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Let me say this one. Okay, if you are looking at a bunch of, uh, think, think of something that would break your heart. Uh, poor kids in, in part of our community in Dallas or s somewhere uh, around the world, and you see individuals that are, their hearts are broken, they're fragmented, they're so hungry, they're so hungry, they just want to eat, they just want to eat. And then I give you, I give you a wide open field and I give you seeds that are food. And you see the people that are hungry and you have fruit seeds in your hands, what you would do is you would plant them, work the ground, and grow it so then you could feed this group of people. 
So it is with your life. What God has done with you is he has put seeds of destiny and purpose on the inside of you. He has put, he has put life on the inside of you. And he is saying there are hungry people in this generation that I actually want to feed through your life. Why would you not allow me to grow you and mature you so you can become who God wants you to be? When you don't let God grow you, you're selfish. You're selfish. Oh, no, I just want to, no, just me, me and my walk with God. It's not about you and your walk with God. It goes way beyond that. He didn't save you for you. I'm, I'm talking maturity here. We've got this lie that's in our culture. It's like, oh, just me, just me and God. Just, no, no, it's not. No, it is not. It might start there, but it does not end there. God takes it beyond that. Takes it beyond that. He wants you to grow. And I'll tell you this too. There is no competition between worship and service. People are like, oh, I just grow when I'm on my knees and I'm praying. Yes, that's one way to grow. But another way to grow is when you get your hands dirty and you look at people eyeball to eyeball and you see people that don't have what you have, but they have more joy than you have. And you realize, oh, my goodness, I've been squandering the gifts that God has given me. God, would you forgive me for not recognizing what you put in my hands? Yes, you can get that on your knees, but you also get that when you're off of your knees in the community, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Competition. Petition, the, uh, worship and, and, and you and I serving is not in competition with each other. I'm going to be all done here. Let's go to verse 11. Verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. He prays for them. He prays for the power of God to show up in their life, not for them to get a healing, which God can do, not for them to have some breakthrough relationally, which God can do, not for them to have a business get off the ground, which God can do. He prays for the power of God to show up in their lives. Why? so that you may have great endurance and patience. Yes, you need the power of God to part the Red Sea. You do. But you also need the power of God if you're going to have endurance and patience. Because this is not a sprint, you and I living our lives for Jesus. We don't want to be a flash in the pan. We're not trying to be good for six months and then we burn out and then we're like, I don't love God anymore. And no, 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 no. When you have no teeth, (laughs) gumming, when you're comb over, you can't even comb it over anymore. When you have to put on a wig, whatever, at the end of your days, you and I are still 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 running. I'm still running. But you need the power of God for that. You need the power of God. Because if you try to do it in your own strength and your power, there's too much stuff trying to come against you. There's too many things that are going to try to hold you down. You and I need to be strengthened with all power. I'll tell you this. This is free real quick. When it says great endurance and patience, the endurance word really speaks to circumstances. The patience word really speaks to people. So he's saying... I'm praying that you have the power of God. 
so you can deal with every problem that comes your way and every person that comes your way. Because those are really the two things that are going to mess you up. (laughs) It's either going to be some situation or it's going to be him (laughs) or her or them. Strengthened, strengthened, strengthened with all power of God. He ends with this. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Joyful thanks qualified inheritance joyful thanks qualified inheritance I just encourage you this week to even sit down turn on some worship music and just think about those words joyful thanks qualified and inheritance this is the prayer the apostle Paul prayed for you and for me It's been sitting in your spam the whole time. (laughs) Tonight, we're clicking on it, opening this up, and trusting for the grace of God to grab a hold of us and draw us closer to him. This weekend is a weekend of transformation for us. Whether we are at White Rock or Bishop Arts or Antigua or online, wherever we may be at this moment right now, we're saying, God, I want this prayer to be fulfilled in my heart and in my life. If you wouldn't mind, friends, as you're bowing your heads right now, I'm going to ask your campus pastor to come up on the platform as well. But bow your heads right now. and I just want to ask for every single person on the sound of my voice a simple question. Is Jesus Christ number one in your heart and in your life? Is he first? I'm not asking, have you been baptized? I'm not asking, were you confirmed as a child? I'm not even asking, do you have a Bible? I'm asking, have you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ? If you're under the sound of my voice, you have never given your heart and your life to Christ, or at one point in time you did and you slipped away and you've gone another direction, and you're under the sound of my voice right now, and you know the grace of God is drawing you close, and it's time for you to say yes to him for the first time or to re-surrender your life to serving him, I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three at all of our locations. Lift your hand up right now. You're saying, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to make him first. I want to make him number one. I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask every person at all of our locations to put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm for every friend and family member of ours that's getting on this path and this journey of following Jesus. We celebrate it. I want to turn it over to your campus pastors right now. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.